HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Welcome back to HRN On Tour for our final segment at Charleston Wine and Food 2020. We have been having just the absolute best time down here. It's always the highlight of our springtime. Um, And we're really, really excited to welcome three incredible powerhouses. Um, But first, I'm Hannah Forden. I'm here with Kat Johnson. And we want to do a huge shout out to our partners and friends at Ben's Friends who have helped make our coverage today possible. We devoted the first portion of our programming today to talking about wellness and sustainability and community support. And it's just been such an incredible conversation to have. So we want to thank them for all the amazing work they do to support the hospitality industry and to support HRN, helping us get down here to Charleston Wine and Food for our fifth year. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. So just a quick intro to all the amazing women who are on the couch in front of us. We have Cynthia Wong, founder of Life Raft Treats down in Charleston. She brought us some incredible looking treats. You'll have to check out Instagram to see these, um, but we'll talk about them more in detail. And then of course, the woman who's made this all happen, Jillian Zettler, the executive director of Charleston Wine and Food. I can't believe you're like sitting down and talking with us in the midst of the festival. This is like part of my wine and food experience now. Like I know when I hit happy hour with you guys, like Mm. I can go, Ah, here we are. Oh, no, Jillian. Well, we're, Tomorrow, it's a privilege to have you. you this is true. This is, you know the real deal. I know deal. the trash. I know. I she know knows the trash it. on Monday. So. And the newest voice you're hearing is legendary cookbook author Natalie Dupree, the author of 15 cookbooks, bestsellers. We are so happy to have you join I'm us, so Natalie. I'm so happy to be here again. And you have really upped your style here. Woo. Yeah, Try. you know. Yeah. changing. Right. Um, Natalie, I think the last time you were, so Jillian and Cynthia were both with us last year in Charleston. The last time I think you were on HRN was in 2013 on A Taste of the Past Mm. with Linda Palaccio. Right, that's right. It's been too long. It has been too long. Yeah, we have to try to keep it annual. That's that's what we do with these two lovely ladies. Okay, (laughs) well, we'll just have to stay in town. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we'll stay in town. That's fine. Uh, I'll put you up. Perfect. I have a spare bedroom. Excellent. Perfect. H- You're like, what's going on in that bedroom? HRN's there. <laughs> All of them. All of them. Half the cooking staff is stacked at my house. What do you mean? I know. You're always afraid <laughs> of putting people up. This is, we're both punchy. <laughs> well, I can't imagine why you'd be punchy after four, four or five days of nonstop food events. Hmm. More than that for her. 
True. Mm-hmm. 100, probably 120. Mm-hmm. That's, I think, where we tapped out. Wow. Five. Wow. So should we go around? It's been an, an incredibly eventful couple of days. I'd love to hear from all of your perspectives, like some of your highlights of wine and food this week. Um, I didn't participate in any events this year. Um, I got really sick right around Thanksgiving with shingles, and I've had to really, like, cut down what I can do. Oh, uh, which no. is kind of good in a way, you know, it's like you kind of keep going until your body's like, no, we're not doing this anymore. We're really seriously not doing this anymore. So I didn't participate in any events this year. Except um, for this. Except for this. You're here. And uh, we did some work for Guinness over in the beer garden. Oh, nice. Um, but we're also working on building a little miniature ice cream factory. So working on that. Just a miniature ice cream factory. Miniature ice cream no factory. No big task. No big task. Just, you know, doing stuff I have no idea how to do and... Hoping that the plumbing is done correctly <laughs> and all that <laughs> stuff. Just, ah! Yeah. Uh, Cynthia, when and where did you make these treats for us? Um, when? Yeah. Where? When uh, and where? A couple of days ago, I rent space from a catering kitchen, and we've been doing that since we opened. And they've been really great to us. Um, and just them giving us the space to do it at the minimal rent that we've been doing at has actually allowed us to really grow and develop and I'm super grateful for that but we've we've totally squeezed out of it and so oh man we can have a whole conversation about growing and scaling a business I am sure mm. it's, it's bonkers it's nuts <laughs> but it's good Natalie what do you think about the treats well I'm eating this I didn't expect it to be so big I thought it was <laughs> I just grabbed what I thought was a little thing and it's this huge huge cookie with with Things in it and on it and around it, and, and, and there's I'm, not much of it left. <laughs> Cynthia, do you want to give us a breakdown of, of what Natalie just enjoyed? Um, sure, that was the Banoffee ice cream sandwich. So it's a coffee shortbread wafer kind of cookie situation mm-hmm. with banana ice cream in the middle, um, dipped in chocolate with toffee. So it's like a sort of a play on Banoffee pie that they make in the UK. Um, I we moved to London when I had my first kid and. I didn't work for two years and just raised him. So I have a lot of like very, very sentimental kind of food memories and things of of England. So that's kind of what that's about. Wait, Jillian, what about you? You just came from the gospel brunch. I did. I think that was one of my favorite moments of the weekend. Um, We ended up being able to work and have a collaboration with the Peace Center in Greenville, South Carolina, um, which is my previous stomping grounds. And through that collaboration, we're able to get about 100 of the men from the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus to perform at this year's Gospel Brunch. And it was amazing. I mean, it's amazing. And I think that there really are no engines more powerful than food and music to be able to break down barriers between people. And it just makes me really proud that we can sell out an event um, and celebrate them being here in Charleston. It makes me really, really proud. It was a good idea. Thanks. Yes. Thank We've been you. hearing people raving about that event all day. So yeah. kudos to your team, as always, for putting together such amazing programming. Well, think about it. How bad could it be? You know? Right. Yeah. Right. Music right. and brunch? So, yeah. great. Right. So, good. Natalie, how about you? What have been some highlights of your last few days? Oh, I'm sorry. I've been gone. I've been in Washington. That's right. Because I went to NPR. Oh, nice. Uh, and did a... You know what they call NPR. No pizza radio. We have pizza. <laughs> I know. I'm they sorry. Buy, go I, felt, ice cream. I felt sorry, so guilty NPR. to say that. Yes. <laughs> You're, fine. Okay. You're fine. And then, uh, but I, I saw some some dames and I had some wonderful food cooked by woman. 
Barbara Black is one, and then Amy Brandywine, yes. And I have to tell you, it's just amazing what women are doing in this industry all over. We didn't say happy International Women's Day yet. No, but... It's always International Women's Day on HRN. (laughs) Yeah. That's true. I did eat at one man's place, uh, David Guaz, at Blue Cafe. So, yeah. So, by you, Cafe. Whatever. Well, Natalie, you also have a new book out. And I have a new book out. That's why I've been... Natalie Dupree's Favorite Stories and Recipes. Right. Tell us about it. Well... Uh, I was celebrating my 80th birthday this fall at uh, in uh, my friends Virginia Willis and Cynthia Graubart and Rebecca Lang and all cooked for me at the James Beard House and uh, Kelly Litton. And uh, they did my recipes there. And we had to have a book to give away. Mm-hmm. So I took some of my favorite stories and some of my favorite recipes and put them together. And there are all sorts of stories, including like when I was uh, going back to my high school reunions, and there's a a moment there where everybody kind of recycles. If they're going to get divorced, they get divorced, and you're going to your first thing at single, and they all are. And that one's called... The skinnies and the roundies, and it's about how <laughs> it's about how you think about all how how you looked then and how you looked now, and you wish that you had that tiny little waist and some of those things. But then, and then when you cream. get there, when you get there, all of a sudden the guys that are all old look like boys, and the girls all look beautiful, and it all falls away. And it doesn't matter about the skinnies and the roundies. So that's one story. And then there are some family stories in there. I so. love it. Well, I have to say, this, like, there's this beautiful shot of, of mashed potatoes on the yeah, cover of this book. Yeah, some people put better. their face right up to it. It's amazing. <laughs> Trying to smell the mashed potatoes. Yes, yes. Good enough to eat. Yes. And uh, let's see, what else do I have in there? Well, I have about when my parents... Uh, first got together after they'd been divorced and then both of their spouses died. My father called me and said, you're alive. And I said, yes. And he said, well, Elsie's not. So that was his wife. So then about, I don't know, six months later, he called me and said he'd like to see my mother again. And uh, so we all got together for a breakfast at the Ritz. I was afraid to go anyplace where they might raise their voices. And, you know, so I figured at the Ritz, they'd all be good. And, and it turned they? out to be very good. Yes, okay. yes, it all worked out. Yeah, knowing how to keep a handle on your family is an important skill, Yes, right? that's right. Knowing where to meet them. Exactly. Um, I wanted to go back to talking about festival programming. And Jillian and I would love to hear, you did things a little bit differently this year in that the whole first day of the festival was plant-based. And you've been focusing on wellness. So I'd love to hear kind of like what the planning process was like for your team. Um, I know you always try to like shine lights on corners of the food world that you feel like the public should know about. So tell me about how you kind of like came up with that goal and theme for this year. 
You know, in our recap process, we were talking to a lot of folks about sustainability in general and the conversation about plant-based eating. And I think what I want to stress is it's not about being anti-meat. It was about trying to elevate a conversation about what eating plant-based, even a singular day in the week, could mean. And that I think that people are ready to understand that eating plant-based doesn't mean having like a lame salad on a plate anymore. And we've got these amazing chefs coming in from all over. And the response really was, including from pitmasters, I must say, was like, hell yeah, we can, we can do great things with vegetables or grains or whatever it may be. Um, and Honestly, I think that people rose to the occasion and I think it was fantastic. And then we were able to kind of bumper that, like, you know, Frank Stitt was over at Red Drum with Ben Berryhill. They did a dinner focusing on regenerative agriculture and, you know, the, the folks from Joyce Farms were there. So it, it's not about being anti-meat. I think it's just awareness. And even if there were some people that were a little annoyed by it, they're talking about it. And that, that was really the hope. So I want to ask, this has been a really fun year for us in Charleston. There's been some new places to go try and eat. Um, we got Some of us got to go to Jackrabbit Philly, who Cynthia has been working with. Um, there's a new 167 Raw that everyone's raving about. Yeah, but you can't get in. We got in, uh, believe it or not. Like I have a feeling they'd you let you in, got Natalie. In there with your radio, with your uh, uh, whatever these are called, I think it was microphones. Late. We got lucky because it, it, yeah, it was late. It was got late. late. We also went on Wednesday, the first day we were here, oh. knowing that if we went on a weekday, yes, right. we'd have a better shot. Right. Um, and we did. We, we waited a little bit, but we had excellent martinis while we waited. No complaints. Um, but on that thread, what are what are the things happening, new restaurants, old restaurants that are exciting? What are you guys excited about eating in Charleston right now? I'll let you go first, Cynthia. What do you like? Um, oh, God. I just love Jackrabbit Philly. Not just because they're friends of mine, but I, it's just so good. And they so just good. feel like you feel their love and you feel all their hard work. And Joy is so creative and amazing. He changes the menu all the time, and I just have no idea how he does it. It's just it's amazing. It's It's great. Um, I really like the trend towards really, it seems like a lot of restaurants are getting smaller and more personal. You know, sort of like the Jackrabbit Philly, Chubby Fish, Renzo kind of Renzo, thing. Renzo, yeah. You know, small, very personal kind of restaurants where there's like, I, I don't know, it feels Malagon. more genuine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so I really like that. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think, I think that people are ready for those sorts of experiences in Charleston. And I feel like I don't know. I like being transported when you walk into places, you know, I think we've got a lot of amazing um, restaurateurs here that you feel like the personality of the restaurant is like, it's like an individual that is there with Mm -hmm. you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think the smaller restaurants have a chance to express themselves and change their menu a lot more easily because they don't have more people to train and serving it and and uh, so it's a, a more unique experience. Harkin is yes. I mean, fabulous. Yep. I mean there's just like a lot of mm-hmm. tiny but fabulous places that have cropped right, up. Right. But we also have the oldies but the goodies. True. We still Absolutely. have Snob and uh, Charleston Grill. Charleston Grill. Oh, and Michelle is such a wonderful. I love Charleston Grill because you just feel like a grown up there. They just treat yes. you like a grown up. You right. Know? I mean, it's right. Like, Everybody's a princess. Yes. Yes. Awesome. yes. Great. So we yes, had that's Mickey. where I go for my birthday. Always. always. Oh, that's great. Yeah. we had Mickey on yesterday 
um, talk about Ben's friends a bit yes. and hear about his story. He's never been on the radio before, on our radio before. And then he was like, come by for a glass of champagne. Oh, right. so we all went by and chatted with him some more. And it is mm -hmm. a special place. Yeah. It is a it special is. place. Yeah, we had some champagne, some truffle popcorn. And then, you know, Mickey just sort of held court preaching the gospel of hospitality, yes, which was, right. I've never met anyone who is so passionate about okay. the art form that is hospitality and that is fine dining yes. and just kind of like see him do that in right. Charleston Grill, which is clearly sort yes. of a, a temple well, to hospitality. Uh, he has just made it into a different place, mm -hmm. has that wonderful bar with jazz so and beautiful. as you say, music yeah. and food. I mean, that is one of the things that he's captured. Absolutely. Is that music and food goes so well 100%. there. 100%. Yeah, he, I would say, he single-handedly is the person that welcomed me into the city with the most right. open arms. Yeah, oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. He took me for my very first meal here in Charleston, which involved many cupcakes at Sugar Bake Shop. <laughs> I was like, where he goes, we're going for lunch. And it was like, a, it was a quick dip into Ted's Butcher Block and then more cupcakes than I could count at Sugar Bake Shop. <laughs> I love sugar. I love Sugar Bake Shop. I love yes. that little place. Yes. Well, and then there's Callie's Biscuits, all that. that we could do this all day, guys. We could do this. <laughs> Name dropping. We really are. We really are a food town. It's so oh, hard man. for us because we come once a year. And so, you know, well, there are. You come just once a year. I know. We need to fix that. Make it every six months. You <laughs> know, Jillian's house. Spare bedroom. Forever. Right. Spencer like five will make pizza. more wine and food festivals. Yeah. Can you work on that, Jillian? Oh, my <laughs> God. around. <laughs> Trying, we're trying. Like we so, have yeah. our places that we always need to stop at. Like pretty much, like straight from the airport, we go to Zhao Bao. It's like where we go. We're like, okay, we're gonna sit outside in the sun, eat some okonomiyaki. This year it was pouring rain, yeah. so only half of that worked out for us. But it's it's great. There's just too many places, good places to choose from. But I w I wanted to ask. And I think having Natalie here is is great for this because I think that you know we come to festivals. It's about celebrating restaurants. But I think sometimes we don't think so much about how it celebrates just food. And and I talked to Greg Johnsman today from Geechee Boy and he, you know, he so he says, yes, restaurants are primarily the place where our products are kind of being heralded, but he retail isn't as big. So I'm wondering if any of you have thoughts on like the effects that you hope Charleston Wine and Food or tourism to Charleston and the restaurant scene here could also affect people to get excited about cooking at home and excited about ingredients. Mm. Yes, but I, I want to say one of the things that's really important is right now is if you can go into a store and buy something, and of course we know if you can go to an Asian restaurant or to an Asian market, that that is the best thing that you can do for them and for that economy to keep that food going. But if you can go into a store rather than ordering online, you will really be helping the community. And that's awfully true here. And it, if you want to go into a restaurant here in Charleston uh, where things are so well controlled by our health department and, and by the people that live here, then please do because it makes all the difference in the world. We really need our economy to keep going. And we need to keep supporting each other and loving each other and helping each other. So, of course, I want you to go to women's restaurants first. But after that, there you go. I think, I think the festival as an experience, like what I hope is it's like 
reading books to me, right? Like I, I can appreciate the convenience of like reading something off of a device sometimes, but nothing will change for me about like the font selection, the feel of a page, holding an actual book mm. in my hand. Yep. And I feel like much to your point, Natalie, like I like going to the grocery store. Like I, I like going to the market and like see picking my produce and like smelling it and not just the convenience of it being dropped at my doorstep. And I hope that when people come to the festival and they see beautiful things like, you know, Cynthia's ice cream, that it makes them curious. You know, I hope that the festival piques curiosity so that, yes, they want to buy Natalie's book. They want to they want to see what they can do at home to make ice cream. I mean, it, it's I, to me, it's a peaking of curiosity. Yes. And we have good bookstores here. I don't know who's been selling your books this, this year. Blue Bicycle. Blue, Blue Bicycle. It's yep. a wonderful Blue Bicycle's great. Yeah. second-hand bookstore. They're and then amazing. We have Buxton Books, and we have all the other big chains, of course, yeah. too. But it, we, we like small places here. Yes. Tiny things. Yes. Tiny things. Yes. <laughs> um, just kind of going back to what you were saying about going to a store and all that. I think one of the great things that we have here is the Low Country Grocery Bus. If you guys have ever seen oh. that, it's a school bus that was converted into like a rolling grocery store mm -hmm. and there's a sliding scale for payment so people who need to use ebt can do that and get fresh farm vegetables or geechee boy grits or tiller bread or one left kombucha or any of these things and i like it because honestly i like going to markets but i hate going to the grocery store i just i can't Ooh. i don't have any time it just kind of whips me into panic. Like I'm just like, oh. <laughs> so I like going somewhere where it's everything that I want at once. And the thing that's nice about the bus is that there's always things there that I don't know about. And so it's you know another curiosity and exploration for me as well, but in one sort of nice little package. And it's really well selected. So I know that everything on there is going to be great. And, and Lindsay can buy in small quantities from a farmer mm -hmm. uh, or from a place. Mm -hmm. You know, yep. he can, because it is just a bus. That's all he has. Yep. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, it works. Mm -hmm. No, it's nice to see, like, in so many different cities around the country, like, more innovative approaches to, like, getting people access to good food. One of the highlights of my trip was before the festival started, Harry Rosenblum and I got to visit um, Fresh Future Farm, Jermaine oh, Jenkins. Awesome. She's right. incredible. Oh, they're did, wonderful. Yeah, we were able to talk with her, and that's such an incredible model to, like, bring mm -hmm. farms into communities that really don't mm -hmm. have retailers that are offering them fresh yes. locally grown it's produce yeah. um, and I'm really excited to see like where her expansion takes her in Charleston yes. and it's just another thing that makes the city so special and delicious right and she started with a I think a $50,000 grant didn't she incredible wonderful what else are you excited about for the future of Charleston wine and food and the future of Charleston's food scene I mean, it's like you're, you're already firing on all cylinders. Well, I have to admit, as the first chairman, the founding chairman, I'm delighted to not be, uh, to have to be here and supervise. <laughs> Jillian's <laughs> like, okay. It's Jillian's problem now. I'm very happy for her to have it because it's so successful. It just has a life of its own and it's a force of its own. And um, keeping your arms around it is a lot different and it's a lot bigger, so. Yeah, I think that for me, I mean, in the beginning, I, the analogy I've used before is I feel like when I started here in Charleston, it was like on jet skis and the festival was just pulling me without any, mm -hmm. any feel of a sense of control. And here, you know, six years later, I feel like 
we're finally getting to this place where the logistics, yes, the logistics are massive and I can't underscore that enough. And there are mistakes that are made and all of that stuff, but, but it's there, like the foundational parts are there. And I feel like there's finally this moment where I can shift into the space that really lights me up, which is, you know, like, why do we eat the food that we eat? You know, who brought the food here? How do we create you know, equity in the way that we're creating the lineup of people that are here, like really putting all of that drive and force and passion into the things that to me matter most and the conversations that matter most. Um, and then still spinning the plates to make sure that the doors open on time and the tents are there and all of that <laughs> Which stuff. is amazing. <laughs> yeah, Especially this year when like it rained basically right up until the Culinary Village opened and you had to do, I'm sure, a lot of things in a condensed amount of time. But it's a lot better than raining when the culinary village yes, opens. Absolutely. <laughs> right side. You know, I ha I'm teaching an events management course at the College of Charleston this semester, and I have a ton of students that are on the ground, and I was like, this is gold for you, because <laughs> you can go and work an event where everything runs smooth, but mm -hmm. it is not, it's, I'm sure, the same in a kitchen, right? Yeah, like the day right. where everything's working, but when it's not, like, mm -hmm. that is where the learning comes in. So, so true. they got a crash course in what it's like to put up an event for 3,000 people and in the pouring rain and that's the wind. Right. And, <laughs> and, and that's one of the things that does happen in the kitchen. I mean, I, I had was chef of a restaurant in Spain and, and the gas would go out. You know, it was, a, it was a tank and all of a sudden you'd be in the middle of service. No, no uh, notification, nothing going on. And all of a sudden you just would have no gas. You know, you so, figure it out. Improvise. Yeah, figure it out. You figure just have out. to get through it. Exactly. I don't think anyone has the agility that food professionals do. It's it's, it's a, I it's think a that's real art true. form. I think um, that's true. Well, we could talk to you three forever and ever. <laughs> you can tell them my name of my book again. I would love to. <laughs> Everyone, you've heard it here first. You have to stop what you're doing and go out and get Natalie Dupree's favorite stories and recipes. Um, it's legitimately good enough to eat. It is legitimately good. <laughs> and um, Cynthia and I are going to come over so you can make us some of those mashed potatoes. Yeah, well, I like, wish you would. Because now I'm, I'm, I'm really going to mad husband for not potatoes. having those on the table. I can I tell. Home. Yes. Well, actually, I think mine are even better than those because, uh, you know, they wouldn't let them be as gloppy as I normally make mine. The tricks but I do want to say mashed potatoes are supposed to have butter and cream. Yes. The point of making mashed potatoes, particularly like at Thanksgiving, is that you want to have everybody, of course, say I'm 80, so I think about these things. You want, when you're dead and gone, for everybody <laughs> to lie in bed and put their arms over their chest and, and say, oh, if only she was here to make the mashed potatoes. <laughs> yes. So Thanksgiving yes. is at Natalie's house this year. <laughs> yeah, we'll see you in at Thanksgiving, yeah. Natalie. We can't wait. Um, Ladies, happy International Women's Day. Thank you for all of the amazing work you do to make the world more delicious. We're so grateful. This is the end of HRN's coverage of Charleston Wine and Food 2020, year number yeah. five. Thank you so much for having us. Feeling it. Hats you. off to you. Um, and thank Cheers. you for Cynthia Wong. Thank you for the treat. Thank, thank you. you for joining us. Julian Settler, I hope you can go to the spa as soon as possible. <laughs> Not in about three, three weeks. In Mount Pleasant, where my husband will rub <laughs> my feet. Yeah. We have to thank Matt, Big our engineer. Has been making us sound good. Audio production, Matt Patterson, who literally is the most valuable player on our team. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> Thanks, Kat. Thanks, Hannah. All right, we'll see you, see you next, next year. year. This program is powered by Simplecast.